There's an energy that draws barbers, stylists, makeup artists, and estheticians towards our chosen craft. It's a bond we share not only in our profession, but it also transcends who we are as people. We'll talk shop, relationships, and the challenges we each experience to help us live more aligned. How are you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Aligned Podcast. Today I'm joined by Vero Perez, owner of Beauty Above Most. Vero, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) Now, tell me what Beauty Above Most does. What do you provide as a service? Um, Well, through Beauty Above Most, I aim to empower women through permanent makeup. Nice. Yes. Now, the road to get here, you've kind of done a lot in the the beauty, cosmetology, you know, uh, even uh, uh, cosmetic dentistry. Tell me about where you're from and the path that you took to get here. So I'm originally from Durango, Mexico. I'm from La Sierra, a very rural area in Durango. Um, and we, you're, you're not kidding when you say very rural. Like this is, you're talking about no electricity. Like no electricity, sometimes no running water. Wow. Sometimes you can't go from town to town because it's a rainy season. I mean, it's like very, very rural. Yeah. Um, but absolutely breathtaking. Oh, I you bet, know? I bet. Yeah. And so how old were you when you came uh, here? I was only eight months, so I'm basically like a little chilanga, but I definitely identify way more with my Mexican roots than I do with anything that is American. No offense. No, no, no. And it seems like your heart is, you know, is is pulling you in that direction and everything you do. But yeah, uh, kind of how did you, I mean, 17 years old, you're already involved in the beauty industry getting licensed, right? Yeah. You knew you wanted to do this. Yeah. Well, I knew that I wanted to be in the beauty industry. I love everything beauty, like fashion, hair, makeup. Um, and just like the empowerment that women get when they do feel beautiful or where they, when they're called beautiful. So yeah. I knew that I wanted to be a part of that for women. That's amazing. Yeah. So tell me about those first experiences because um, you're not doing what you were doing back then. No, actually, I've really just done all kinds of things. You know, um, when I first started doing hair school, I was primary. My main clientele base was little old ladies, little viejitas that would tip me like 50 cents after I would do a <laughs> no perm. Way. Swear no to God. Way. Swear to God. And then, um, and then I also, um, at the school that I was at, I felt like a lot of people were, um, like from ethnic backgrounds were coming to me you know like yeah. I would do black girl hair which nobody wanted to do and was scared of and they didn't trust a lot of people but I was doing them um a lot of like um you know Asians and things like that so I just felt like um I was really calling to all these other nationalities and people felt welcome in my space that's amazing um yeah so I started really I'm from a small town called Sandwich. That was where I was mostly raised, and it was primarily Caucasian. So I think I just had that thirst of, you know, being in other cultures and knowing of other heritages outside of my own, which is the only other one that I knew, you know? And then I didn't really identify so much in my community, so I was happy to have an outlet and to find other people like me. That's so amazing. And right now, one of the things that you're working on, which I think is really awesome, um, is this this curriculum in Spanish, right? That you're trying to get uh, approved and out there as a, as a curriculum. Tell me about that a little bit. Yeah. So um, in the beginning of my career, I um, was mentored by um, one of my teachers and I was helping um, assist in her classes. And um, during that time, I had voiced to her how I wanted 
to develop some kind of program in Spanish um, where the government can maybe provide microloans or something like that to be able to finance um, women um, in like first-generation immigrant women to be able to start their own businesses. Um, what an incredible thing, I mean, as an initiative. That's amazing. Yeah, thank where, you. You saw a need based on what you had gone through, what others, like where did that inspiration come to to actually do something so specific uh, instead of just saying, hey, I want to help others or start, a, you know, you help them start their business. You're like, no, I want to get a curriculum out there specifically for yeah. Oh God. Well, that's so many things. I mean, one of the the biggest things I want to say at that time was that I read an article about microloans and how they were helping Latina women in Mexico to be able to sell their products. So they were making crafts and things like that, and they were funding them um, and bringing them out to like the United States or being able to sell through online and things like that. So that's where it initially started. But then, um, you know, I have a lot of cousins that are still illegal immigrants and are finally just getting their papers and everything. And when one of my closest cousins finally got her citizenship, I could not wait. And I was like, Norma, what are we going to do, girl? Like, let's let's go to school. Like, what program yeah. do you want to get into? Like, what do you want to do? You know? And she's like, no, Vero. She's like, you know what? She's like, I finally get to get hired on by the factory and I don't have to go through agency anymore. Wow. And I was like, Norma, she's only a few years older than me. And I couldn't believe that that was her life's aspiration, right. knowing the woman that she is and the mother that she's been for her children. And, um, you know, I've always been super outspoken in my life, <laughs> very outspoken. And she was the only other cousin that would back me up and be like, no, listen to what she's saying. And she has something to say. And, you know, it's not just being rebellious, right. you know, um, or trying to speak out of turn. So it really just kind of broke my heart that that's that's it. That's all she's ever going to do. And she doesn't aspire to do anything else. But it can seem like it kind of puts you on a path to want to inspire women in general. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Big time. I mean, for me, it was like, like, well, one one thing is that I want to prove to her that she can do more. Yeah. Her specifically. Yeah. You know, so she is definitely like my drive. Um, but I also realize that there's so many other women in my f immediate family that also have these undeserving beliefs, you know, and I say undeserving because I feel like the way that we were raised is just like, you know, get a job, get insurance, get a retirement plan, like how we say in, in Spanish, no le muevas. Yeah, right? right, right. Like, don't don't mess anything up. And, and this is where you're going to be. And this is a safe thing. Right. What was the biggest thing you had to overcome personally that you could give some, you know, advice to others as they're thinking about either doing something for themselves or they're listening? They're like, yeah, you know, that maybe they are passionate about, in, you know, the beauty industry, but they're stuck in some some job that they don't like or want to be in. What is that first step that you had to make or be aware of consciously to move you towards actually doing this for yourself? Because You've been doing this on your own now for just a couple of years, right? Yeah, for two years. Yeah and, yeah, and during the pandemic when it was all tough and, you know, so tell me what advice you would give just to, to get to that point where you can start to make positive choices um, towards what your goals. I would definitely say the biggest thing that I've learned is to not take shit personally. <laughs> and I mean it with all the words, you know, and all the power. 
because I feel like a lot of people will have a lot of things to say. And it's not usually good things, you know, it's usually things to, um, that are limiting to them. Um, so in the beginning, you know, my mom would be like, oh, no, you're crazy. Like, why are you going to take another class? Why are you going to go and do this now? Like, I thought you were okay with this other thing, right? And I was like, no, like, I want to do all these other things. And at first, I used to take it as like, man, you know, they just don't believe in me. Right, right. Maybe I don't have it. But that had nothing to do with me. You know, that had nothing to do with me. They're so, projecting. Exactly. And then just relieving me of their fears and not taking whatever they said personally helped me just to mind my own business. Wow. <laughs> and just do my own thing, you know? Yeah. And unfortunately, like, I don't get to share a lot of my plans with my family for that same reason. Um, just because I feel like I have to just see it through, make it happen, and then finally and then tell, tell them. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. It. I mean, yeah. it's sometimes how it is. I mean, and you and you understand that. How do you hope yeah. that with what you're doing, it changes that culture? Like, what do you see as the biggest impact of the contribution you're making through, you know, the classes, through just your example, right? How, how do you hope that changes? Um, and, and it looks like for the industry when it comes to specifically Latinos, right, or or uh, ethnic back, you know, people immigrants uh, stories, right? That now all of a sudden they're maybe what tapping into this more, doing this more, feeling like they're more involved. What do you hope is the, I don't want to say outcome, right, but signs of growth for you in the industry? Um, signs of growth is really just to have women gain a voice, you know, really talk about all the things. It's not only success. I mean, we need to talk about all, like, the other stuff, which is hard. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of hard things. I mean, everybody on social sees all the positive things of my business, but at least a couple times a week, I have a little bit of a breakdown, you know, really? and it's real yeah. and it's real because you people share that you're saying, yeah, I oh, do share wow. that, but I want other people to also know that it is real. And this right. is part of it. Like when you're growing, it hurts, right. you know, and it, and it does at times, but I am a true believer that like any pain or anything that, that you go through is only for growth. Right. It's only for growth. And you have to just like surrender to it and say something's going to be positive out of this and have faith in that, like have that core inner feeling. Yeah. Tell me about how you for you in terms of even just approaching learning. Right. Because you've, you've done a lot and, and you have all these great experiences. How have you kind of because sometimes I hear as a big challenge is I don't know these things or. You know, I, I don't I don't feel like I could learn these things. Right. They seem challenging. How did you approach learning and, and stepping into these things that you're doing and, and starting something totally brand new and, you know, going all in to that? I mean, I have to say that I've always been kind of gifted that way. Okay. You know, I've been fearless. You know, I've done all kinds of things. Um and I mean, one of the biggest things I have to say is probably one of my like life coach mentors um his name is bob and he <laughs> has been so special in my fan like in my life you know um and one of the things that he told me is that he believed in me wow and that for me was like so deep and so powerful so i think that having that one person even if it is just yourself to believe in you like without any any stipulations without any expectations um, I think that that has been what has propelled me and added to my fearlessness, you yep, know? Yeah. Do you think that there's a difference between like what other cultures, you know, the, the communities 
view beauty as and what the typical American, you know, maybe Caucasian um, beauty industry is, right? That there's an opportunity to kind of merge those or, or see the similarities between them instead of being so different? Or am I totally off base and you think that they, they are pretty much similar? I mean, I think that they are pretty similar. Yeah. I think that once we actually start talking about I mean, I don't know, actually, because I'm thinking about my circle and my circle are p- primarily ethnic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's more because we identify with the same problems, you know. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we're quite yet like merged right. with what America believes as beautiful. I do think that we've made huge, huge leaps, you know, yeah, like yeah. especially just something so simple as women wearing their hair curly. You know, which right. was never like a thing. Like growing up, I was like, my hair curly? Never. I would straighten it to put it up in a ponytail, you know, especially living in a Caucasian community. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I I mean, I feel like there are strides, but there's a long way to go. For sure. And and how do you feel like, like social media has played a role? Um, well, maybe not social media playing a role because I mean, obviously it plays a role. But, and, you know, and that's like probably the biggest way that people communicate within the beauty industry, right? But what have you seen in terms of just beauty expectations, right? That the way that people feel about themselves, the way they look, are there unrealistic, unrealistic expectations because of social media now that you're having to overcome within the industry? Like, I want to look like this. And you're like, that's not real. Yeah, 100%. Really? 100%. I mean, like, we saw this, especially during, like, the whole COVID and pandemic, right? Yeah. Everybody getting, like, the mommy makeovers, the BBLs, uh, all the things, right? Which it's like, hey, more power to you. If you can fix something or if something really affects you that much, then do it, right? But then I'm concerned about the children, Right. Because and then they think that, oh, I have to do all these things in order to be beautiful. Right. And I just wish that we could go back a little bit. And I know that, you know, like now it's just so readily available to us. I wish that we could just go back and just say that beauty is more than just skin deep, you know, Um, because it truly is. And how do you mix that into messaging? Like, right. How do you be kind of walk that line of you're empowering women, but then also providing these services. Right. Which. I mean, people want, you're going to want it, but at what point does it become like that healthy balance, right? Yeah. I mean, the healthy balance, I think, like, especially in what I do, I try to keep everything supernatural. You know, if people um, want something that's unrealistic or unattainable, I just tell them I'm not the artist for you. (laughs) So, I mean, it's really as simple as that, you know, because I know that long term, how this is going to affect their faces, how it's going to age with them. Um, I know long term how it'll scar or affect their skin. Um, So, I mean, there's an artist for everybody. Absolutely. Right. And tell me about that a little bit, too. So when do people come to you? Like, why would they feel a need to get permanent makeup? Um, I mean, one of the biggest things right now is that it's a trend. You know, it's definitely trendy. Everybody. And is it really permanent? I mean, like permanent, permanent? I mean, technically it's um, through the state of Illinois. We do have to say that it's permanent just because if you were to ever go to get a CT scan or things like that, there could be metals that are still involved. Interesting. Um, But it is technically a semi-permanent because we only penetrate the first layer of the epidermis. So eventually, just like you exfoliate your skin, um, the pigment will exfoliate. And how long does that usually take? It's about two to three years, depending, depending. 
binding. Yeah, yeah. So if you're doing like all like the goodies, like the hyaluronic acids, the glycolic mm. acids, the facials and things like that, then it'll probably last a little bit less because you're increasing your cell turnover from what it's natural. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So beyond the, uh, the trending part, and is it trending just like, you know, eyebrows? Is it? I think the trending Are is doing just... full mustaches? No. No. <laughs> no, I think the trend is just really just being perfect, right? It's like you just want to come out and put your best self and with less effort. Right, and, right. Um, and I feel like a lot more women are coming to me because they are also, you know, powerhouses, like in their businesses, in their um, positions at their jobs, but they're also raising families. And I do um, do a lot of Latinas. And I feel like we just have many roles. I mean, women, we take care of everything. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry. No. You know, it's the truth. It is, <laughs> like, it's the truth. truth. Um, yeah. And where do you see your brand going? Where do you see this evolving to? How do you hope it grows? Uh, yeah, what's that vision for you? The vision is really to just create a community, right? Like I want some, I want a space where women feel comfortable to come in and ask questions and grow and have a voice and learn. Um, there's a lot of things that I've had to just do on my own. And luckily I've just had the fearlessness to be able to throw myself at anything. But I know that not all women are like me. So I want to be their strength until they find their own you know, and that's just like giving them resources, um, teaching them financial literacy or or sending them to somebody or, you know, maybe they're looking for a space to work at. And I have a girlfriend in the burbs that's renting the space. I just want to help women. You know, I just want to empower them and like let them know that they can do it all, all by themselves. That's amazing. And, you know, I, I guess... Like, yeah, where does that, that come from for you? It's just Is it, you know, those experiences like with your cousin? Is it something that you've always been like this? Because it seems like every time we've, we've at least, you know, communicated in every conversation that it's been that message of wanting to uplift and empower others. And it seems less about necessarily what you're doing, right? And, and wanting to, to really, really like pour into others. Yeah, well... You know, this is going to take us into a whole other part of my life. Uh oh, so like another another podcast episode. Maybe? Another podcast episode, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but to make a super long story short, is that I was in an extremely abusive marriage for mm -hmm. five years. Um, prior to being in that marriage, I was highly independent. Um, I was lived on my own since I was seventeen. Um, I got married when I was twenty-five. It was incredibly abusive, and when I finally decided to leave. Um, I didn't have anything. Mm. I literally left with nothing. Everything that I had worked so hard for, for such a long time, for like 13 years, I was wow. left with nothing. Wow. I mean, I literally left my house with my belongings in garbage bags. Wow. That's how bad it was. You were like, I got to get out. I got to get out. I got to right. get out. So um, I had little angels in my life. You know, the doctor that I worked for, he was like, oh, you have a court date? Don't worry. Like, oh, you have this going on? Don't worry. Like, he always had my back. And um, it's because of him and because of, like, the other people that supported me in my life that I am where I am. That's and funny. I just feel like I have such a huge gift to give back. Well, I know you do. And it's exciting yeah. to see you living that, you know, out and, and helping others. So, you know, on that, how can people find you online, support you, you know, follow you? Um, yeah. Yeah, so you can follow me at Beauty Above Most through Instagram and Facebook. Um, I am on Google and yeah, and mostly on, on Instagram. That's yeah. like my main 
the the main uh, connection. No, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate you, and then I'll thank you for you know being vulnerable, sharing your story, but more importantly for just all the ways that you are and are trying to empower women and just others in general. That um, it's a blessing. So thank you. Yeah, thank you.